the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. My goodness, back to back. one nothing shutouts against the hottest offense in baseball. What a turn of events. The Brewers are tied for first place in the NL Central, and their one win away against these Reds with five games remaining head-to-head to take the season series and take that so important tiebreaker at the end of the year. There's a lot of odds and ends to get to from this one. Corbin Burns was fantastic. The bullpen was just as nasty. The offense was the offense. It got one run, but nonetheless, it's another victory for the Brewers. They have now won 11 of their last 16 games. I am Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, if you want to join us here on the program. We're with Jerry Augustine here tonight and for the weekend. Augie, wow. I, I mean, again, to reiterate, in case you missed it from Josh, this is the first time in Brewers history the Brewers have won back-to-back games by a one nothing final. We'll talk about the offense later on, but we got to make sure we'll hit the pitching shot. And I know you're going to get plenty of time to wax about this pitching staff, man, because holy cow, one to nothing. Bring us in, bring us onto the mound, my friend. I mean, when you are seeing a 0-0 game or a one nothing game and you're on the mound, there's got to be so much adrenaline flowing. You saw it with Burns coming back out after the heat issue. I, I just can't imagine the rush of continuing to throw zeros on the board in a game like that. Well, you can't handle Corbin Burns. What else can you say about a guy? He came in the fifth when he had a little bit of problem there, took his time and battled back. He just shows you what a competitor he is and what he what he wants to do. And each and every time he goes out into a ball game, but his pitching staff, you look at it, what it's done, what it will do, and what is needed to win, win and to get in the playoffs. I tell you, the Brewers pitching staff is, I think, the best in all of baseball. And, it showed here you're going against a Cincinnati team that has been scoring runs, effectively very offensively minded, along with their good young pitching staff. But uh, I'll tell you, the last two series, the Brewers have thrown the ball so well. They had to do it against a Cincinnati team that's been playing real well, and they got off to a great start in the second half. I mean, they're averaging the, the Reds, that is. They're holding them to under three runs a game for the last four games. That's with an eight spot on the board last Saturday before the All-Star break. Now, back-to-back shutouts against them. Corbin Burns, 13 strikeouts in six shutout innings. we got to talk about him here because I was talking with some folks here in the studio that we hold Corbin Burns to a very high standard after what we saw in 2021 and even the standard that was put on him when he was a rookie in 2018 and in 2019, trying to figure things out with the goggles and the hair and trying to figure out what kind of a kid this is because we heard so much about him on his way up through the, through the organization. And the standard is so high for him. And really since August of last year until maybe May of this season, he had been a little bit inconsistent. But all of a sudden, these last three, four, five starts, he's looking like the Corbin Burns of 2021. And I think the big reason why is mixing things up. What have you seen from Corbin Burns lately? Well, I agree with you, Dom. I, I think when you, you look at the last five starts, especially uh, this year, his last five starts are very Cy Young-like, uh, where he uh, the way he's been throwing the baseball. But 
You know, you you look at what Corbin Burns does on the mound. He's really based off of three pitches. He's got the good curveball. He's got the slider, and he's got the cutter, and everybody talks about the cutter. But I think what we have seen out of Corbin Burns the last five starts is the great command of all three of those pitches. His breaking ball, when he can throw that for strikes and changes speeds on both sides of the plate, is a very formidable pitch that he that he needs. And when he can get it over for, for strikes, it makes that cutter better. It makes the slider better. And we all know he does. He has that great fastball and changeup that he can throw with it. But I think if you say anything about Corbin Burns, the aggressiveness in the strike zone, the ability to be able to command the strike zone with those three main pitches and the ability to stay heavy hitters, uh, being aggressive has really been the difference. Last five starts, very much like his Cy Young award-winning year where he commanded it. You notice he's never behind in the count that much. He's really a, being a positive, having, getting into positive counts and using all his pitches. And I thought tonight was as good as he's been all year in commanding the pitches, getting out of hitters. And then when he went to a little episode in the, fifth, in, the, in the fifth inning, I believe it was, he came bounced right back and just had just threw the ball so extremely well the next four hitters. So you got to give credit where credit is due. And I'll tell you what, Corbin Burns, you talk about a leader, you talk about a stopper, you talk about whichever way you want to be the number one guy in your pitching staff. He's def- definitely uh, has been built up to that, and his standards are that. He wants to be the best, and he goes out and he does that each and every time he pitches. Here's something that I, I know you will love uh, from the repertoire and what he has done. Remember, this is back-to-back starts for Corbin against the Reds, too. And for most of the Reds and rookies had never seen the cutter in the last start against them on Friday of last week. So what he did is threw a bunch of cutters. In fact, it was the second highest rate of cutters thrown in a game last Friday against the Reds, and he was great against them. So how do you follow up that here today in the first start of the second half? You throw your second lowest rate of cutters in a game. Completely had them on their heels. The curveball was dominant. He got 21 swings and misses total in the game. Nine of them were on the curve. 13 strikeouts. We know, Augie, you and I know that Corbin Burns is a guy that's process-based. He's really meticulous. He's very detail-oriented. And just to see it in black and white like that, to go from a start that had one of your highest rates of cutter usage in a game this year to now start with your lowest rate of cutter, second lowest rate of cutter usage in a game this year. That is quintessential Corbin Burns. Yeah, definitely. You know, you look at it and it really built off. We talked about it earlier. I talked about it earlier how it's that sequence of three pitches that he uses. He's got that really great cutter, which we talk about so much. And he's got the slider and he's got the curveball. But back in 2020, when it's all, when he started turning things around, he started using that breaking ball. He was effective with the breaking ball. And all of a sudden, that thing started to fall into place. That's saying, you know what? It's my, my curveball, but it's not only the curveball. It's the slider and the cutter that I throw out of the same slot, the same release point, and that's what makes me effective. But I really like the way he made some great adjustments. We see some great adjustments by this pitching staff against the Cincinnati Reds in the series back in Milwaukee and now start tonight with, with Corbin. But that ability to make those adjustments, understanding what you have to do to be successful is so important. And tonight he was just outstanding. I really, I like watching him being able to go to that curveball a little bit more than he does. And, but using the cutter effectively, he effectively located that cutter and that really made a big difference. 
Here's the word from the clubhouse as well about that little scare in the fifth inning while facing Matt McClain. Corbin Burns, this is from C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic on the, the red side of things. Corbin Burns said he didn't really know what happened. Everything went dizzy, and my eyes went cross-eyed. Said after a couple minutes, it went away. Didn't come back the rest of the game. He didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what to expect. It was scary in the moment, but glad it went away. Clicked. Said he got water, food in the top of the sixth inning, and it didn't come back again. So sounds like it was indeed heat-related. A little bit of dizziness, a little bit of uh, dehydration, all that. Plane travel, of course, to and from the All-Star game certainly catches up to a pitcher, and uh, he earned it today, man. 13 strikeouts, no runs, six strong innings, and a one nothing game. He earned that win, and uh, can't say enough about the all-star Corbin Burns. A couple of texts coming in here from Bill in Boulder. Corbin Burns is the man. Go crew, let's go. From Josh in Milwaukee, what a great, what a game to start the second half. The pitching performance picked up right where it left off on Sunday. It's time for this team to take command of the division, and I look forward to what the roster might look like by the end of the month. Thanks for the text there, Josh. want to remind our listeners that Brewers Extra Innings all year is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with the local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. We're going to get to our player of the game and talk a little bit more about the bullpen and uh, more of your texts, 855-616-1620. Stay with us. Dom and Augie, this is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. we got a new segment here in the second half. We're going to be polling folks on social media, and in the second segment, we'll be just quickly talking about the player of the game. Today is a very easy pick for player of the game, as the fans agree with us, Augie, that it is Corbin Burns with 91% of the vote on 172 votes. So thanks to everybody who participated in that. The player of the game this season is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Brewers fans, every day the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. He's Augie. I'm Dom. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. And uh, lost in all of this, Augie, is, is the, the bullpen. Back-to-back Perfect outings to preserve these shutouts going back to Sunday and here to tonight. we got to come up with a name for the, the Piguero, Piomps, Williams routine because they're becoming a, a massive story of this team moving forward. To be the A bullpen is truly an A bullpen that the game is shortened. That's what Craig Council said all along. If, he, if his starter can go six and he can rely on his bullpen for the final three, it's game over like we saw tonight. No doubt. I'll tell you what, you look at the way Bergera and Piams have been throwing the baseball and get to, to Devin. It's just been fantastic. One thing that was really surprising and has been is the way these guys throw the, throw the pitches and throw for strikes, getting ahead of the count early in the count. And that's so important to be able to come out and they command the strike zone, use all your pitches and throw strikes. You look at what Bergera did through 13 pitches tonight, nine strikes. You look at Piams, 12 pitches, nine strikes, and then of course, Devin pitched 14 pitches, eight strikes. You look at the quality and the percentage of strikes that they throw and the quality of those strikes that they throw, that is, that's class. That's what you need in order to win baseball games. But I think it's these guys are going to show the way, and it's something that Craig has been working with, working to try to figure out what direction he's going to go late in the games, and he's found that with these three guys. 
But I'll tell you what, this total bullpen, I think when you put that starting rotation of what you got right now, you add Williams and Piams and Pagara, and you add Bryce Wilson who's throwing the ball, Milner who's throwing the ball pretty good. Uh, you get these guys all added there. You got the best pitching staff in all of baseball. And it's all about coming in the game and keeping things in control when you come in the game. This bullpen has done just that. And tonight it was just a, just another story, another day with these guys come in and just do a great job. And it's a reminder, too, to give a little bit of credit to the front office that uh, I remember when the non-tender deadline came this past offseason and the Brewers non-tendered Brad Boxberger and they non-tendered Brent Suter. And people were like, w- what's going on here? What-, what are you doing? And they acquire Yoel Piomps as kind of a throw-in in the William Contreras deal. They acquire Elvis Piguero in the Hunter Renfro deal. By the way, Piguero didn't even make the team coming out of spring training because he had options available. And now he is the first man out of the bullpen throwing the seventh inning. You've got to give some kudos to the team down in Nashville, to the team in spring training, and to the Brewers front office to saying, here's Piomps and Piguero. They've been undervalued by their own team. We've got an idea to make them into nasty setup men for Devin Williams, who's now got 21 saves on the season. That That's not easy to do, and the Brewers seem to do it twice a year with some guy that the Brewers fans, casual fans, are like, who's this guy? And now he's throwing 97-mile-an-hour bowling ball seekers? This is not that easy. It isn't. It isn't. You know, and, you know, it just goes back. When you think about history of baseball, it goes back in the Brewer organization, back to when Doug Melvin was here, who said if there's a big change on a team, any team, whether the team is a bad team or a good team, there's usually a change in the bullpen. You see bullpens change from year to year, and, and that's one thing we've seen in the game of baseball. We see bullpens change. You get opportunities for different guys, and that's one thing uh, you have to give so much credit to this organization, what they what they've been able to do. Matt Arnold went out there and he said, I'm going to go out and find some good arms. And we're going to see if we can develop them. Craig Council does a great job of getting them in, in times when they can be successful and advance and get better. And uh, it, 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 you have to give them credit. You have to give them the credit what Jim Henderson has done, what Chris Hook has done, get these guys to say, you know what, let's take what we do good and let's make it better. Because if you look at Piams and Pagera from the beginning of the season, they have definitely made great strides, and that's a huge reason why this Brewer pitching staff is is so good. Is they come in, they throw strikes, they're aggressive, they're confident, and they know that they're going to be in a regular routine of coming into ball games and in tough situations and being able to do the job that they 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 have been able to do. And it's just a, a big reason why this ball club is playing so well. And I didn't even mention Devin Williams at this point. And Devin, speaking of development. He flashes a first-pitch cutter tonight, facing the meat of the order to Jake Fraley, Ellie De La Cruz, and Jonathan India. There's a pitch that he's developed, and I look at that Jake Fraley at bat. This will be the last point on the bullpen before we move on to the offense. I don't know if you feel the same way about me on this at bat, Jerry. Watching that at bat and the way that Jake Fraley was taking really freaking good changeups. right? You could tell he was sitting on it. He falls behind 3-1, sneaks a fastball by him in a hitter's count, is still able to get the fastball by him, indicating, okay, I've got anything available to me. But how about the leadership of Victor Caratini calling time and going out to make sure he's on the same page with Devin Williams in that moment? And he throws maybe the best changeup he's thrown of the year. It looked like a strike all the way. Surprise, it's not. I thought that at bat, 
I was that was the at bat that I was more worried about than the Ellie De La Cruz at bat, honestly, because the way that Fraley was taking those changeups told me, okay, they have got the game plan, they know what to do against Devin, and Devin adjusted back to them. You know, the, the one thing I w- I'll start out, and I agree with you 100%. I really like to start it off at started out with the cutter. That's one pitch that I think that if he develops, it's going to make him just that much better of a reliever. It's going to make him more devastating. It's a great pitch. It's a pitch he can use early in counts to get ground balls. And I just think that's one pitch, uh, and I've said that from the beginning of the season, if Devin Williams ever came up with a nice cutter that he can command for strikes along with that good fastball and changeup, he's just going to be devastating. And, and he's proving that he's going to make the changes that he needs to to be the best. But that was a very, very good at-bat. I really like what, what Caratini did late in the count saying, you know what, I want to make sure that everything is – we're on the same page, that we're – when the, I put a, uh, a pitch down uh, that I want him to throw, that he's confident to throw it. And uh, that comes from leadership. That comes from leadership from the catching position that is so important on a ball club. They can make such a big difference. And I'll tell you, now you see the way Devin Williams and the Piamps and the Pagero are starting to work with Contreras and, and Caterini. Uh, it's just huge what the, that those two guys have done behind the play. We got to talk about the offense, but we're up against the break real quick. We'll talk about what's going on, only scoring one run in back to back games, because that's certainly a topic here on the program. 855 616 1620. 855 616 1620. If you want to join us here on uh, Brewers Extra Innings, it's Jerry and Dom. Stay with us. This is WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back, Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jerry Augustine. Thanks for, for being with us. We're on the program until about 10.15 here this evening, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. want to get to the phone lines here right off the bat, though, before we talk about the offense. Let's get to Doug and Baraboo. Doug, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Good evening, Dom. Good evening, Augie. Always good to hear Oh, it's good to hear Augie say, you know, one of my favorite uh, stats, and I use it as a barometer in pitching, is the ERA for the team. And going in tonight, we were 4.10, and we dropped it to 4.05. And I, I, and my thing is to get under that four, and, and normally you should be in, in the playoffs. On the other, on the flip side, uh, we're faced, Dom, you mentioned the other night that the average for the batting is 249 in the league and the, and going in uh, Cincinnati's batting uh, 257 so um i think that even emphasizes how great uh our pitching has been and i think uh with Woodruff coming back and 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 Burns uh looking really well and and Devin uh, Williams getting some rest uh, i think we're going in the right direction yeah absolutely i agree Doug appreciate the call there and just to give you some perspective on it Right now, there are only 10 teams with an ERA under four in baseball, and the only ones that are out of the playoff picture, or at least you know, kind of uh, struggling to stay in the playoff picture, are the Seattle Mariners and the Cleveland Guardians. But I mean, the Guardians, anything can happen in the AL Central, and the Twins are right there with them too. So that's a good stat there, Doug. Appreciate the call. Now, Augie, we do have to talk about a reality that's happening this team, and the fact that they only scored one run today, and they were close on a couple others. An aggressive send from Jason Lane. I personally was A-OK with that send on the base hit by 
Contreras, Weimer trying to score from second. I was A-OK with that with two outs. Uh, then a, a smart hold a couple of times later in the game. But I, I'm a little alarmed the fact that they've had to score one run in back-to-back games to win it. And I, I look at things right now. We know the Brewers want to be buyers, and it's just so clear they need some pop. They need some more consistent offense to support this cast. Yeah, they do. Uh, I think when you look on the offensive side and you look at their batting average, I think I looked the other day, they're one of the lowest in, in the National League, and they do need some offense. And you look at what they are, maybe hitting a little bit better with runners in scoring position than they are as a, a team batting average. But it is. It's the little things that you have to do, getting guys on base and moving them over and getting them in. Yeah, this club is built around, a lot of people say, is the home run. and They are going to hit some home runs, and they are going to score runs with that. But I think as the season gets along and goes along, the ability to get runners over and get them in, especially with runners in scoring position, is going to be huge for this ball club. The pitching staff, where you know about the pitching staff. It's one of the best in all of baseball. And we know what that starting staff when you get Woody back is going to be. It's going to be one of the one of the one of the best, if not the best, in this bullpen. The way it's it's starting to throw the baseball, you got to like. But offensive side of ball, it's about making contact and doing the little things. And this is one thing I think when you you asked Craig Council, you said if there's anything we could do is just by putting the ball in play and doing the little things and having good at bats, things will turn themselves around. Hopefully, they will in the in the in the weeks ahead, uh, they'll be able to make some contact and move runners over and get them in. And the other thing, too, uh, I'm just going to be completely honest here, and, and the fact is the Brewers have Owen Miller as their cleanup hitter right now in first baseman. Rowdy is due back at the start of the Philly series on Tuesday. Uh, Andrew Monasterio is batting sixth. Uh, Tyrone Taylor is still getting healthy right now. The, the personnel that's up right now is not a power-oriented personnel. They're a base-hit-oriented personnel. And, and the Brewers, you know, Willie was close on a couple of shots. The double bear almost got out to center, and he just missed a homer down the left field line. But right now, the Brewers, I mean, there is just no consistent power in this order. And when Rowdy comes back, hopefully from this forearm injury, it becomes some power uh, on top of what you're talking about with the runners in scoring position. But, uh, I mean, I, I the way I feel it, it's like you're navigating a minefield on the other side because everybody in that order has power for the Reds. And in a one nothing game, you're always on the edge of your seat. If the Brewers could get a little bit more pop in this lineup, and it's not Craig Council's fault. This is the, the, the hand he's dealt because of injuries, because of performances and things of that nature. I was a little surprised to see Jesse Winker not in the lineup today against the righty. But uh, it's, it's one of those things that, Home runs still make the world go round in a way. They do. And there's no question that the Brewers are a, a team that in the past and, and in the ballpark they play in that the home runs play a big role in it. But, you know, you're looking at you got Christian Yellich who's really swinging the bat really well. And, you know, he's over for 4 tonight, but he's just starting to swing the bat so well. And Contreras has done a, a great job. And you talk about Owen Miller getting in that fourth position. He's just a guy – you know what, that, that Craig has been able to, to count on that. I'll put the ball in play and, and swing the bat well. So uh, I think the real key is getting Rowdy Tellis back and hitting, getting in that spot. So many times he comes up with some big hits, but not only coming up with the big hits, he gives you the good at-bats, which applies pressure to the other team. And I think that's what you need. You need these good at-bats, go deep in the counts, putting the ball in play is so important. And that's one thing where the Brewers have not been able to do a good job lately 
they haven't been able to swing that bat, do the little things they need to score runs. But hopefully when they get Rowdy back and they get a consistent lineup, uh, things will change. All right, before we let you go, Aki, we do need a difference-making moment from this one. I mean, a one nothing game, a well-pitched contest, the Brewers are tied for first in the Central. What do you have for your pick for your difference-making moment tonight? Well, I know it's, it's everybody's going to say, well, it's either going to, I said Katerini, Katerini before, it's Caratini. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Corbin Burns. I think when he got went to a little, little time where he said he got where things went dizzy on him, to step back, you know, you look at, at when you're in a game and you're being competitive and, and it's very warm out and taking that step back off the mound, collecting himself and being able to come back and perform the way he did, there's no doubt that it, it, it has to be Corbin Burns tonight. It's really good. I'm going to go specifically in that sixth inning after the spell, right? So he goes back in, he gets some food, gets some water, it's good to go, and he comes back out for the sixth inning. And the fact that he struck out the side against Fraley de la Cruz in India, you could tell that fired up the dugout. They would score on the top of the seventh inning to put him in line for the win. But uh, it's... it. it it's one nothing is not going to last forever. In fact, we just got this quote from Adam McCalvey down in the uh, clubhouse with Willie Adamas. Quote from Willie, it's cool, but we need to put more runs on the board to take a little bit of pressure off the pitcher. So trust me, they know it in the clubhouse too. It, it, it's going to be the Brewers' offense is going to be their, their saving grace or their Achilles heel. We'll have to wait and see for the rest of the year. Jerry Augustine joining us on the program. Augie, always a pleasure, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah, we just have to turn the page, and hopefully tomorrow night the boys break out, score some runs, and uh, get a nice lead and uh, bring home a big win. And get some fluids in everybody, all right? Look, a lot of sweat out there out there in Cincinnati on the riverfront, that's for sure. <laughs> you know that feeling. You have to have it, I'll tell you. It's warm. Cincinnati, boy, is a uh, time when it gets this time of year with the humidity and you're all playing. you need, you got to make sure that you get a lot of fluids in you and, it's taxing on both teams, but uh, to see what Corbin Burns tonight was really special, especially, like you said, Dom, coming out that sixth inning, and he just he looked fresh, and he did such a great job. And uh, you, you talk about a, a leader on your, on your staff. Definitely Corbin Burns was there tonight. One for the books, indeed. Jerry Augustine here on Brewers Extra Innings. We have more to come on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra you're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. The difference-making moment of the game, as we just talked about, it's always all about Corbin Burns tonight. 13 strikeouts, 6 shutout innings. Difference-making brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches or financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. AnnexWealth.com. Right now, the Brewers, the offense obviously needs to get going. Uh, you look at Owen Miller got a knock tonight. Victor Caratini had the game-winning RBI with the RBS single in the seventh. Willie was inches away from a homer twice. He went one for four with a double. William Contreras, two for four with a double as well. Two extra base hits, six hits total. The other thing, though, only six strikeouts. I don't hate that. The Brewers clearly have a priority of putting the ball in play, but yet they grounded into two double plays. But they went three for eight with runners in scoring position today, only producing one run. So the runners on the corners and nobody out was a little bit frustrating to not get greedy and cash in any more than that. But... 
the Brewers' offense is something I talked about in yesterday's Brewers Weekly. You can catch it on your feed at Brewers All Access, wherever you get your podcast, or on WTMJ.com. Talked about some trade targets, talked about some thoughts uh, about who the Brewers should be looking at. Matt Arnold has made it clear they are not trading Corbin Burns. They're not trading Willie Adamas. And I wonder, I'm just talking here out loud, thinking out loud, is that in case you missed it, Adam McAlvey, I'll retweet it here tonight, that Adam McAlvey wrote a piece this week sitting down with Corbin Burns saying that Corbin and Wade Miley were out to lunch with general manager Matt Arnold in New York. And... Corbin, point blank, asked Matt Arnold, am I getting traded at the deadline? And Matt Arnold told him, you are not getting traded at the deadline. And you got to wonder, you know, since that message was sent, he in his last three starts, he has been dynamite. You got to wonder what that's done for his psyche after everything that happened with Hayter last year. We, we don't know what the offseason holds. We know how this club operates. But at the same time, the Brewers know they're not going to keep Corbin long-term. They're, they're not going to be able to afford him. And they are asking him to pitch his best. He's an all-star again for a third straight year. Be part of a playoff push for this club as he is anchoring this rotation until Woodruff comes back in early August. So I, I think Corbin, you got to wonder about the mental psyche right now, that it's in a good place and things are going forward. Things are looking ahead to say, yes, I'm going to be pitching for the Milwaukee Brewers in August. That's according to Matt Arnold himself, that he is not trading Corbin Burns at this deadline. Nothing to be said about the offseason, but at this deadline, Corbin Burns is expected to remain a Milwaukee Brewer. And after a night like tonight, 13 strikeouts, 6 shutout innings, it's an easy pick for who's hot. And you got to wonder, is this a sign of things to come that he gets back on track? We're not asking for 6 shutout innings and 13 Ks every single night, right? But uh, if he can continue continue to deliver quality starts, look like the guy that's willing to mix up his secondary nasty stuff and show off what he's got in his bag, because it's a really deep bag, mind you. He was awesome tonight, and he's an easy pick for who's hot. And uh, just, man, I, I just can't get over what a performance by him and by the bullpen, for that matter, of how great it has been today. Uh, a text as well from Mike and Kohler. What a game to come out and make a statement. Pitching is getting healthy. Let's let the, get the winning streak going now. Make it easy on the management going into the trade deadline. No big trades needed. These games against the Reds are extremely important to win them all. I agree, Mike, especially because, as we mentioned at the top of the program, if the Ruhrs win this series, or just one more game now in the final five head-to-head, or yeah, yeah, final five remaining in the series, the Brewers will win the season series against the Reds. Meaning in the event that these two teams are tied at the end of the season standings, that the tiebreaker goes to the Brewers. There is no more game 163. So keep in mind, getting one more win is really all that matters. Making sure you hold that tiebreaker over these Cincinnati Reds because it's starting to look like a two-horse race. We'll get to that in a moment, but I want to remind you that Who's Hot is brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting families' comfort at home all year long with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical, and their sale is extended. Get up to $1,000 off a Daikin furnace or an AC unit through the end of the month. Financing is available, and you can schedule your appointment at Cider, that's S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical, families helping families since 1912. We're going to hear from Craig Council. We're going to talk about the standings coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win 1-0 
First time in franchise history, they win one nothing games back-to-back. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, with you for another 20 minutes or so till 10.15. Right now, let's hear from the skipper, Craig Council, after a great performance from his pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, he just, just got lightheaded, essentially. Um, yeah. Got some water in him and checked him out. Like yeah, I don't, I don't, they don't, the trainers don't think it was a hydration issue, just, um, just like... I mean, the best way to, I mean, they described it as like maybe, you know, you lift something heavy and you just get a little lightheaded from that. So, no, wasn't necessarily hydration, just um, needed, a, needed a minute to kind of regroup. His vision got a little blurry. So, how on the fence are you at that point to, about leaving him in? I mean, is it, you know, do you leave it mostly in his hands, in the medical staff's hands? or? Yeah, I mean, we, we just, it, it, he was getting better as we gave him time. Um, so, you know, we, we let him throw a couple pitches. Um, he just, his vision was blurry. And so we just, as we gave him some time, that cleared up. Um, not, it wasn't blurry. He described it as cross-eyed or almost. So, yeah, I saw like yeah, looking at Yeah, his. so he, he, and it cleared up after, you know, two minutes, minute or two. And then he didn't have an issue with it at all. Then to come back and get that out and then strike out the side in the six. I mean, that's about as gutsy a performance. Yeah, it was. It was. Year. It was awesome. Um, yeah, he had he had good stuff tonight, and yeah, the, the, to strike out the side in the sixth was um, was was obviously important and um, impressive as to go out there for that last inning and do it. Vic said it was a different approach tonight, just like more spin. Yeah. Than what we saw in the last start. Yeah, I thought it's and then and it's just the spin was good. The curveball you saw a lot of curveballs, uh, a lot for strikes. Um, the slider was really good tonight. Um, that's a pitch that you know he hasn't used a ton, but it was really good tonight. So um, it was just it was just different. You know that's what was working tonight. The relievers behind him rested. Yeah, I mean. You know, we got to score more runs. We, you know, we left runs out there tonight, um, and that, you know, makes that that we're asking them to be perfect. They were tonight. Um, they did great, but we left we left a big run scoring opportunity out there again tonight, and we did we've done it really the last three days against the Reds. So, um, would like to to be a little better there and give ourselves a little more room room. They'll give those guys some room for air, but they've been so so good. Those three guys have been so so good, and um, you know they're, they're they're a big reason on this little stretch we're on right now of of why because they pitched a lot and they pitched in tight games every single time. The last time you saw Ashcraft was obviously an outlier. You don't expect that from him. What what was different from him this this time though? I mean, I think he's just throwing more strikes, just throwing more quality pitches. There's no, there's not a different pitch mix. It's just, just throwing better pitches. Um, you know, we were getting some middle pitches. We were getting some free pitches. Um, didn't, didn't get much of that tonight. Do you feel like opposing outfielders are on a hot streak in terms of putting the ball where it needs to be? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that, that's the way the game goes. I mean, that, that's. You know, you make the guy make a play. He makes a great throw, and you know you you tip your cap and you move on. You, you got it's two outs. You you have to go there. You absolutely have to go. Um, and the guy made a great throw, and you know that's that's the life of a third base coach. 
first time in uh, franchise history back to back one nothing wins. Did that surprise you hearing that? Um, I don't know. Guess not. No, uh, man. I'm but what sure. to do it against the Reds, you know, a team that you're chasing? Yeah, I mean, look, we're pitching well. I mean, the big thing is that that means we're pitching really well. Um, that means we need to score a little more, uh, but we're pitching really, really well. And um, that's, a, that's a lineup that's been scoring a ton of runs, so to put two shutouts on the board against them um, is uh, means that all the more credit to our pitchers. It's all about the pitching. I mean, another bull, perfect bullpen, it's awesome stuff. Real quick about the standings right now. As we've been requesting for weeks now, you got to make this a two-horse race because the Brewers are in a stretch of 15 straight games against contenders. Now, with the Brewers and Reds being tied for first, the Cubs uh, lost tonight to the Red Sox, and they are now six and a half games back in third place. Pittsburgh lost again tonight. They, uh, I should say now, the Cubs are seven games back. I beg your pardon. Pittsburgh lost tonight. They're eight and a half back. St. Louis is going to trade everybody. They're in a suspended game. So you're starting to make this the two-horse race that you want it to be. So that's good news. Let's get some highlights. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Second half beginning with Corbin Burns, the all-star on the mound, going up against the Reds and Graham Ashcraft, who's been really good as of late. However, in the first inning, a little bit of traffic against Corbin. He allowed a one-out walk to Matt McClain. But before that, some epic defense to start things off. One-two pitch is lined and caught by Willie Adamas at short. Adamas went back. Retreated on it and timed the jump to absolute perfection. Lane Grindle's call in a scoreless first inning, a couple of strikeouts to set the table of what was to come on the night for Corbin Burns. The Brewers, though, they had their hands full with Ashcraft. A double by Contreras was stranded in the first inning. A double play erased an opportunity in the second. But then in the third, Joey Weimer got on second base after a ground out. And with two outs, William Contreras lining a single into left. Three and one, the pitch. Hit hard to short, past the diving McLean in the left field. It's a base hit. Weimer coming around third. The throw from Steer, tag applied. They've got him out at home. Joey Weimer. Spencer Steer threw a strike to the plate from left field. An absolutely perfect throw. Maybe the ball was just hit a little too hard. It was 112 miles an hour off the bat there from Contreras. Weimer didn't have the best route around third. It's 100% you send in that situation. We're not talking about the 4th of July stuff. That's 100% a send and a good send by Jason Lane. Nonetheless, it's still a nothing-nothing game. Meanwhile, the pitchers really settled in from there. Corbin Burns was on fire. The only stress he had was in the bottom of the third inning. He had two men on and only one out, but he was able to get Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McLean to strike out. The curveball was the big pitch today. Then he got on a roll. In fact, he only allowed one more base runner for the rest of the game. A scary moment happened in the fifth inning, though. In the middle of his at-bat with McLean, after throwing the first pitch, he was on the rubber, and he stepped off the rubber with, you know, all of a sudden out of nowhere. He says after the game that he was cross-eyed, got a little dizzy, and things just were out of whack for a moment. He was down to a knee behind the mound. They got him from fluids. 
He ended up coming back to finish off the at-bat, getting McLean to pop out to end the frame. He went straight back up to the clubhouse, got some food in him, got some water, and was returned, still in a scoreless game, in the sixth inning. That's when he really found a new gear. He struck out Jake Fraley. He struck out Ellie De La Cruz again. Then it was Jonathan India. One-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Went back to the cutter and strikes out India. A baker's dozen tonight for Burns in the Queen City of Ohio. A new season high, 13 strikeouts for Corbin. Yeah, it's the uh, tied for the fourth most in a single game in his career. 21 swings and misses tonight. But it was still nothing-nothing. The Brewers needed some offense. They obliged in the seventh. Willie Adamas led off with a double off the top of the wall in center. Miller singled into right field to put runners on the corners for Victor Caratini. Three and one the count on Caratini. Here it is. Line drive, center field, falling fast. It's in for a base hit. Scoring from third, Adamas. Miller is held up at third. Victor Caratini cracks the ice tonight. RBI single for the Brewers' backstop, and it's 1-0. After Corbin was lifted from the game, the bullpen took over, and they were tremendous again. Elvis Baguero, a 1-2-3 seventh with a strikeout. Then it was Yoel Piams, a 1-2-3 eighth with two strikeouts. But the hardest task of all was going to be Devin Williams in the ninth, facing Jake Fraley, Ellie De La Cruz, and Jonathan India. He struck out Fraley on a changeup. De La Cruz lined out to center field, and it was all up to India. The 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Change up from Williams, and this ball game is over. The Brewers book in the All-Star break with one nothing shutout victories over the Cincinnati Reds. First time in franchise history, they've won back-to-back games while a one nothing final. How about the bullpen, though? Their last 18 outs, 12 of them have been strikeouts. The Brewers win back-to-back shutouts for the third time this season. one nothing the final. And back at it, same time, same place tomorrow at 6-10. We'll wrap up the program with some looks around the league, give you some updates down on the farm and some injury updates we got today next on Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Getting ready to say goodnight here as the Brewers win. Same time, same place tomorrow. Network coverage will begin at 535, 6'10 first pitch. I've got Brewers warm-up for you starting at 5 o'clock here Central Time. Then on Sunday, it'll be a 1240 first pitch and 1205 network coverage. No Brewers warm-up on Sunday. And then we're off on Monday before heading out to Philadelphia for uh, a few night games in the city of brotherly love. So we'll uh, have post games all weekend for you. Obviously an off day on Monday. And then we'll have night games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So thus we will have post game shows then. And then on Thursday with it being a day game, we will not have a post game show, but rather we will have Brewers Weekly on Thursday night at 8 o'clock here on W. TMJ. Get around some scores here in Major League Baseball. Out in Anaheim, Shohei Otani making his first start of the second half. Five innings, five hits, four runs. Only three earned, two walks, seven strikeouts. They're in a 4-4 game against the Astros right now out in Anaheim. 
The A's and the Twins are all tied at three in a game that the A's are calling up two of their top prospects, calling up Tyler Soderstrom making his debut as the DH, and Zach Geloff is the starting second baseman for the A's as they are uh, a couple of former first-round picks by the Oakland A's. The Cardinals and Nationals were suspended due to rain in the bottom of the third inning. They will resume that game tomorrow. Uh, Cardinals are leading one nothing with Paul Goldschmidt at the plate in the bottom of the third inning. So uh, St. Louis got some serious rain on them. San Diego beat up on Philly 8-3 to today. Fernando Tatis Jr. had an absolute no-doubt blast today. Mashed out 11 hits today as well for San Diego. Uh, Gary Sanchez also hit another home run. He's been on fire since joining San Diego. Other finals... The Giants beat the Pirates. The Pirates are now nine games under 500 after that great start, 41 and 50. The Giants win six to four. The Orioles stay hot. They win five two over the Marlins. Blue Jays over the Diamondbacks, seven to two. Dodgers blanked the Mets, furthering their woes, six nothing. Uh, the Braves, white hot Braves, 61 and 29, best record in baseball. They they win nine nothing over the White Sox. Red Sox beat the Cubs in a historic series. Red Sox win 8-3 down at Wrigley. Rangers beat up the Guardians 12-4. And the Rockies beat the Yankees. I mean, you never know what can happen, you know? So baseball is a funny game sometimes. Tomorrow, looking ahead, as Game 2 of this series, a big one if the Brewers can win the series uh, tomorrow, they will already have won the season series, and they will be handing the ball to Freddie Peralta, 5-7, and seven, a 4-7-0 ERA, against Andrew Abbott, the rookie, who had one of his first blemishes of his young career in his last start against the Brewers. So Abbott and Peralta, again, first pitch scheduled for 6-10. Our coverage will begin at 5 p.m. Central Time right here on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Then on Sunday... Finishing up the series again at 1240. That will be with Adrian Hauser against Ben Lively. And then uh, the Brewers are done in Cincinnati. The Reds will be coming back to Milwaukee in about in a week and a half's time. So big one tomorrow. Hope you can join us here on the radio with Lane and Josh. It should be a fun one to bring to you from the riverfront. My thanks to Jerry Augustine for joining us. And to our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.